0: Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I have a nightmare of a story out of North Carolina, and this is something that many people could relate to. Uh, Thomas sent it to me, as did several other people. I'm going to give you the version from WTVD. Uh, North Carolina family's dream home becomes nightmare after code violations were missed during inspections. So the family has their dream home built by a builder. If you're familiar with the building process, and I am, Uh, the local municipality will have a building inspector, quite likely, come out and inspect it at various stages of construction. They don't just come out at the end and look at it and go, oh, yeah, nice house here, and sign off. They'll come out and watch the foundation being poured. They'll come out and look at the framing of the structure. They'll come out and look after the rough electrical has been put in, the rough plumbing. And after the insulation and the drywall goes on, they might come out and look at it again. And they inspect it at various stages because once the house is built, it's hard to see some of the stuff. Once all the drywall's in place, it's hard to see how the framing was done. And uh, once the house gets built on top of whatever's in the basement or the slab or whatever it's on, it might be difficult to see how good that foundation was. And so if a house passes the inspection along the way at various points, and then you get the certificate of occupancy at the end, you'd think that you got yourself a house built to workmanlike standards. And, of course, what happened here is that's not what happened. (laughs) So Diane Wilson wrote this. Uh, What was supposed to be a forever home for the family is now a home they say they wonder if it's even safe to live in. The mother says, I'm just so sick of worrying for my safety. I'm sick of worrying financially. It's just, it's been a hard few years. So they moved into their home in 2020. It's on 10 acres, and uh, they hired a licensed builder to construct their dream home. During construction, it passed every inspection done by the Chatham County Inspections Department. Shortly after getting the certificate of occupancy, there were then issues. And the father says, immediately started noticing problems with the home, He added that these were not small issues, but major ones. I found a beam that wasn't nailed together sufficiently, and it was separating, and the boards had pulled apart enough for me to have my fingers between them. So he contacted the owner of the building company, who came out and attempted to fix that issue, but then they found others. Uh, He said there's humps running through the length of our house and the floor. Tried to work with the builder for several months trying to get that corrected. The family also notified the county about the problems with the home. So, the county building inspections supervisor went out to the home and documented more than a dozen code violations, which causes one to ask how did those dozen code violations get spotted today but not get spotted in the inspection process? The North Carolina Office of State Fire Marshal, which oversees the inspectors, also found 15 code violations presumably in their arena involving fire safety. It should have never even got to the framing. It should have been stopped at the foundation, the father says. If we would have been alerted to the issues, we would have re-evaluated our builder and contacted an engineer. Instead, the project just progressed. The family walked a TV reporter through the home, showing her all of the code violations, and outside... They pointed even more. Failure to damp-proof the foundation, for instance. In the crawl space are several code violations. These ledger strips are another code violation. They're too wide for the size of nails that were used, so it actually didn't penetrate enough. So you can see they are rolling off this beam, and that's what holds your floor joists up. You, you want your floor joists to be held up. Uh, it's <laughs> and I'm not a builder, and I know this. Another code violation uh, is a beam that is not in the correct place. A load-bearing wall is about right here, so this beam is not centered under the load-bearing wall, which is causing a hump down the entire house. The piers are drastically overspaced. Inside the home are even more code violations. All of the rafters are 2 by 8 and drastically undersized, so this whole section of the roof needs to be pulled off, and the roof needs to be replaced after... It's been reframed. The family said that when they couldn't get the builders to fix the code violations or its insurance company to cover the issues, they went to court, sued the builder, and they won. In March, a judge ordered the builders to pay this family $225,000 for breach of contract and breach of warranty. And I've mentioned this before. I talk about warranties quite a bit. People tend to think of warranties that go with items that you can buy. So you go to the store, you buy a widget. The widget comes with a warranty, right? If you pay someone to do work for you, and they are a person who does that kind of work, okay, a builder uh, is going to have to warrant that his work will be done to workmanlike standards. And so breach of warranty and breach of contract. And so if you go back and read the building contract, it probably says something to the effect of, you pay us this money, we build you a house. And the house might be built to certain standards or to certain blueprints or whatever. But the standards will have to be at least those to make the house legally habitable. Otherwise, you're not really building someone a house. You're building them like a piece of weird modern art that can't be lived in. So the $225,000 judgment has not been paid and is now delinquents, the father says. The TV station tried to contact the builders and its attorney, but they did not hear back from either and so the family is now turning to the county and saying, how did you guys miss all this stuff? Because if you hadn't missed this stuff, you could have stopped this house in progress of being built, and maybe we could have corrected these things before it's too late. So he says they failed us. They failed us every step of the way from issuing the permits to doing their inspections and to finally giving us a certificate of occupancy. Now, the county does not have insurance for this. But in court, the county its inspections department filed for governmental immunity, claiming inspections are simply part of a government function, and the county is therefore immune from any claims by this family. And a judge ruled in favor of the county and dismissed all the claims. And so this gets us back to uh, an example I'm going to give you. And the example might seem a little far afield, but it is actually a, a pretty good one, I think. There are certain kinds of racing, automobile racing, And so of a racing sanctioning body, if the sanctioning body of a particular race has rules that you have to live by, not just during the race, but what you race with. So NASCAR requires certain kinds of vehicles. Indy cars are different and so on. And I remember reading an article years and years and years ago about a, a team that had entered a car in a race over in Europe. And there's a period before the race where the cars are inspected. And so a car made it through the inspection process, and the day of the race, one of the track judges, the people who look at the cars, was walking around, just glancing at cars, last-minute type of inspection, and he looked over, and he saw a violation on one of the cars. And he walked over, and he pulled out the rule book, and sure enough, there's no question what he found was a violation. It was a bad violation. And the car had passed the inspection a couple of days earlier. And so this track judge notifies the authorities and says, hey, we got a car down here with an illegal situation going on with the way it's uh, configured. They cannot race until they fix that. So they contact the, uh, the crew chief and all that. They pull the car out of the lineup. And now it's just hours till race time. And I remember reading an interview with either the driver or the, or the, the, the team you know, crew chief who said, this is nonsense. The car passed inspection, and we should be allowed to race, despite the fact our car doesn't meet the rules. And they asked the sanctioning body, what do you say about that? And the guy says, it's not our job to catch you. It is your job to follow the rules. And so, interestingly, the county is saying here that, yeah, we come out, we do inspections. But we're not guaranteeing that the work was done to anybody's standards. That's the builder's job. Now, I think the county did screw up here. But I'm not sure what kind of liability they have for that. If you say the county has liability because they missed something during an inspection, you can imagine what's going to happen down the road where things get missed and people say, you know something, these builders are never collectible. I'm just going to sue the county. And so I suspect that almost anywhere in America, this lawsuit would get thrown out based on governmental immunity. But again, the builder is the one who's tasked with a job of building something to code. Now, I can tell you in the past, when I used to do a lot of consumer protection cases that were not Lemon Law cases, I've sued builders. I've sued a lot of builders. And there's a problem in the industry, not that there's so many bad builders out there, but that many of the builders are uncollectible. And quite a few of the builders I dealt with appeared to be operating on such a narrow margin that they quite often had to sign up their next client to get the money to finish their previous job. And it was almost a Ponzi scheme. Almost. So you pay a guy to build a house. He gets the house half built, and all of a sudden the building starts going really slowly for some odd reason, really slowly. And you complain about it, and then he signs up somebody else, gets their deposit, and finishes your job. Coincidentally. (laughs) And so I got a bunch of judgments against builders that were utterly uncollectible because people didn't have money, they didn't have insurance, they weren't bonded Uh, They they may have been licensed, but they they weren't collectible. And it's amazing how damages in a case like this can escalate well beyond the point of what uh, uh, a shaky builder can pay for. So the Chatham County manager provided a statement saying, while we greatly empathize with the family and what they've endured in this unfortunate situation, the North Carolina courts found that Chatham County is not legally responsible and therefore dismissed the county from the lawsuit. Courts ultimately ruled in favor of the family against the builders. Family said they can't believe the situation they're left in when it comes to their new home. We thought we had all these safeguards in place. Little did we know that in this situation, we're the only ones that are not protected. And so, unfortunately, uh, I hear about stories quite like this quite a bit. And you might say, Steve, what do you do to protect yourself? All you can do is shop around and vet anybody you're going to hire and that means ask to see their work. Ask to meet their former clients. And I've had people tell me that they hired a roofer who came out and just botched a roofing job. And I said, well, did you see any of the previous work? No. Talk to any of the previous clients? No. Why not? Well, they had an ad in the Yellow Pages. They do roofs. I assume they know what they're doing. It says right there. They're licensed roofers. And so I have hired people to work for me. And I've said... Can I see some of your previous work? And I've got out and looked. I've talked to people. Did you like these people? Did, how, did, did, you know, did they work well with you? Did they cause any problems for you? And so I never met anybody who said yes. I went out and looked at previous jobs. I met previous uh, customers. And then I was disappointed. It's always no. I just assumed that they knew what they were doing. And it turns out they didn't. So there you go. But I, I do wonder about how incompetent the building inspectors are if they missed what appear to be dozens of building code violations. Dozens. And I've known guys who are licensed builders, uh, and I've talked to them about this stuff. And I've also walked through a questionable build with a building inspector who just starts spotting things. That's wrong. That's wrong. That- A competent building inspector will spot this stuff. A competent building inspector from 40 feet away can tell you whether that's 12 inches or 8 inches over there. So there's something going on. So Chatham County needs to shape up and straighten out its building department because it ain't just the one home. If they did this at this build site there's a good chance they've missed things at other build sites. So it's a crazy story. Thomas and thanks a lot. Diane Wilson wrote that for WTVD out of North Carolina. Family's dream home becomes nightmare after code violations missed during inspections. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Mornings would be much better if they came later in the day.